Welcome to the Money and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Nelson. My mission to empower millennial couples to make money moves that won't just improve your financial health, but strengthen your marriage as well. In this podcast, I share stories, tips, and tricks, both from my experience as a certified financial planner and from my own marriage, to help you and your spouse kick financial anxiety to the curb and use your money to create the lives you love together. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone, to episode 99 of the Money and Marriage Podcast. Today, we are talking about everybody's least favorite subject, but I'm going to try to keep it short because I, it's the sort of thing I want you to have your couple bullet points to take away and then go do it because it is important. And, and that topic is estate planning. You know, f- financial planning as a field, particularly for couples, you know, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Right? There's a lot of things that are included in a financial plan when you cash flow and investments and retirement planning and student loans and shorter term savings goals. Right? And I, I do advice on all of them here. And typically I actually execute a lot of the advice for people. Like I actually help them follow through on, on it and can do some things directly for people um, with two exceptions. Right? The, the first is insurance. I'm a, I'm a fee-only financial planner. I don't talk about that that often actually, but it, it's, it is important, meaning that I don't get paid to sell insurance products or anything like that. I just get compensated uh, by directly by my clients as a as a way to hopefully reduce conflicts of interest. And like um, you know, I I don't sell insurance. I give advice on it, but I don't sell it directly. And estate planning, right? What happens to your stuff if something were to happen to you? Now, I don't do either of those things in house, right? I've had a an insurance firm that I refer out to for any life and disability insurance policies, right, that I've referred to for years, um, that are, it, I, I refer to, I can, there's no, like, arrangement between us. Again, I'm a fee-only financial planner. I don't, get, I don't get compensated for those type of referrals, but I refer to them because, A, my clients have had a good experience, and B, they're built to work with financial planning firms like mine, right, that do the advice but don't don't actually sell it. Um, I guess I can mention them directly. Their name is LLIFs. I'll put their link in the show notes. Um, you, you can actually work with them directly. You don't need to come through with me. If you need life or disability insurance, like I highly recommend working with them. I've had nothing but great experiences there. Um, so I've had that on the insurance side, but on the estate planning side, like there's never been something comparable that I, I feel comfortable referring my clients out to, to handle estate planning issues. And, and I've looked at a lot of different things over the years, and finally, I found one that I, I actually feel very comfortable referring people to. And so, you know, I'm going to be having a lot of these estate planning conversations with people who have dragged their feet and not been willing to hire an attorney to do this, right? Like, a, like I'm actually able to help deliver on that now, which is great. So I'm having a lot of these conversations, and I wanted to spend some time talking about that here in this podcast, because I haven't talked much about estate planning issues um, in, in this podcast up until this point. And so I'm going to give you three things that I would look into immediately, right? Very close to immediately. Um, if I were you, particularly if, if you you're in the stage where you're having some sort of big life event, whether it's getting engaged or getting married or having a kid or buying a home, that kind of thing. Um, first and foremost, and one that I would recommend if you do, if you do nothing else here today, I'd like you to do this. Um, everybody can do it no matter where you are. Um, take the 20 minutes to do it. Um, review the beneficiaries that you have listed on your accounts and make sure that they are up to date. 
um, for any type of um, financial account, particularly the retirement accounts are the ones that I'm, I'm more worried about there. Although for bank accounts and non-retirement investment accounts, there are other like comparable ways to set them up or transfer on death. Like the, the, it's all like you, when you go and actually go to try to do this, you will see what I'm talking about there. Um, you want to make sure that they're up to date, right? You, you're able to specify one or more beneficiaries in the, on those accounts. You want to make sure that all of your beneficiaries are up to date. Uh, fun fact, not so fun fact, right? Let's say you have a will in place, and we're going to talk about that in a second, as you might have guessed. Um, and your will leaves everything to your spouse if something were to happen to you. If you have a beneficiary listed on any of your accounts that is not your spouse, even though your will says you want to leave everything to your spouse, that account is not going to your spouse. It's going to the person who's listed as the beneficiary. Uh, and so super, super, super common setup that I, I've seen, I don't know how many times, right, is for somebody who like, graduates college, is single or dating, um, starts a job, has a life insurance policy through their job, has a 401k through their job, and they need to list a beneficiary for it. They list their parents or a sibling or multiple siblings because that's who they have to list at that point in time. And then they change jobs that leave the 401k there. They get married, right? If you don't remember to go back and update the beneficiary in the 401k to your spouse, the spouse is not going to get it. And I have seen a case secondhand, but I've, I've was, <laughs> had a lot of conversations with somebody who had a case where that happened. And then like the surviving spouse is left to the mercy of the in-laws who they didn't have a great relationship with to like help them out financially because most of the financial assets went to the in-laws rather than to the spouse because the beneficiaries weren't up to date. Um, it's an easy step to do. It's paperwork. Nobody likes paperwork. Like you get to log into your accounts. I understand I'm asking you to do 20 minutes of work, but it's an easy thing to do to make sure that things are set up the way that you want them to be. So that's the first thing I would do. Um, second, uh, estate planning piece to think through, um, getting a will in place or getting a trust-based estate plan in place. And um, it, it is typically either way, like when you talk about like an estate plan, directing your stuff and other things when you pass away, um, there's two ways to do it. You can either get a will-based estate plan or a trust-based estate plan. Uh, the will-based is much more straightforward. The trust base is the one that's um, gives you a little bit more control and makes things a little bit easier for the people on the, on the other side. Um, it, it's a little bit more work to set up. You got to make sure you actually fund the trust, which is a whole other thing. Like the, the differences between those two are probably the subject of another episode. If you like this episode and want to hear more about that, or if this one does really well in terms of downloads and stuff, I will do a deeper dive on the differences between those two. Um, Either method, the will-based or the trust-based, is just a way to direct your um, assets and other stuff if something were to happen to you or to you both. And you want to make sure you have something in place. And so, again, like what that is, I'm not a lawyer. I can't give legal advice as to which one is the, the, the better option for you. I think we can certainly talk about the pros and cons of each. Maybe we'll do that in a future episode. But at the very least, that's enough for you to get started with and either do your own research about or reach out to me and we can talk privately. Um, but you want to have something in place in that regard, whether it's a will-based estate plan or a trust-based estate plan. And if you go the trust option, the one piece I'll add to that is making sure the trust is fully funded with the right types of accounts. So accounts you don't want to put in there, 
again, subject for a different po podcast probably, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave that there for now. Um, and then the third are the other documents, right? Outside of the will, outside of just like the beneficiaries on your accounts, the other things that you should have in place to help you um, and your family if something were to happen to you, even if you were not to pass away, right? If, if you were to be incapacitated for whatever reason, right? Having a medical power, uh, medical power of attorney, financial power of attorney in place to, to kind of have your biggest fan making decisions for you on your behalf, right? And specifying those things is important, definitely, particularly, particularly if you were in a long-term relationship and you were not legally married, you like that, that to me jumps to the very top of the priority list for you in terms of things that you want to make sure that you have in place. If you have kids, another thing that is going to jump to the top of the priority list is having a guardian named, right? Having a legal guardian named, that's a a difficult one to decide sometimes just based on your particular family situation, but that's the point, right? You wanna have that decided so that if it was to ever be called into question, then there's not a mess on the other side of that. And, and not to get overly morbid here, I'm gonna get overly morbid a little bit with this, but the, the one thing I'd caution you in terms of thinking through a guardian right, for particularly young children, is you want, like, I typically don't recommend, I, I recommend parents, like your parents as a guardian, as a secondary option, rather right? to me that that's a, it's better than no guardian, and in certain, in some circumstances, it, it makes sense, but, right, think through, you know, I hate to go there, but, like, average life expectancies, things like that, right? You know, if you were to pass away, if something were to happen to you and your child was to go to your parents, right? What are the odds they are going to live until your child graduates high school? And um, yeah, I, I don't really like going there. I don't like to have these conversations one-on-one -on -one with people when they say, oh, I'm just going to need my parents, the guardian, which is why it's a little bit easier for me to do it in this context. But those are the sorts of things you want to be thinking through, right? It, it, because it, it, if something like you don't want to have two sets of guardians triggered for your child, if you can help it at all, obviously things happen, um, but we, whatever planning we can do to avoid those type of issues is, I mean, that, that's kind of the point, right? It, if, you know, I, I've had probably six or seven clients in the past year say, yeah, I'm going to name my parents as guardian. And then if, like when, when, when they start to go mentally downhill down the road, we'll change it. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, if, if you're expecting that is going to happen, right, your child may need to maybe living with them when that happens. And so it'd be a better plan to, to do something else. If there is a, if, if there's a good option, right, if you're an only child or your siblings, your people you don't trust for whatever reason, right? It, it can get complicated. Right? The, 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 the reason why people don't like talking about this stuff is because it is a little bit complicated. I didn't even intend to go um, on this kind of side rant about, about the naming parents as guardians here, but, but it, it's, an, it's important stuff to think through, right? If I can spend the time on this podcast and get you thinking through things you weren't thinking through before, um, that could be a huge help to somebody out there. So I'm glad I went there, but um, anyway, long story short, though, you want to make sure you have something in place. Too many people have nothing. The stats out there about like the number of people who die without wills or guardians and things like that named are much, much higher than they should be. So um, at a minimum, you want to update your beneficiaries if you haven't already done so. Just like periodically, you want to review that to make sure that um, that that's up to date. 
you want to get either a will or a trust-based estate plan in place. And that's the piece that I'm going to be starting to refer out to a particular agency. I don't think I can refer like other people to that who aren't working with me directly. That's a, again, this is a new partnership that I have. And so we're trying to figure that out. But if you're interested, certainly shoot me an email or in, um, a message on Instagram at Paysetter Planning and we'll, we can talk about that. Um, and then just other documents that are relevant to your situation, guardianship, uh, power of attorney, medical power of attorney, those types of things. Get something in place, right? Take the time to do it. It doesn't take that long, um, but it, it, it is very important to make sure that you have in place, right? A financial plan is only as good as its weakest link, and this is often the weakest link for people. So I'm going to stop rambling for there. You have your action items, beneficiaries getting a will or a trust-based estate plan in place and the other legal documents as relevant to your situation. Go do it. We'll see you next week for episode 100 of this podcast. Talk to you then. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Money and Marriage Podcast. If you want to learn more, you can access my favorite money exercise for free if you head to paysetterplanning.com slash money and marriage. Again, that's paysetterplanning.com slash money and marriage. Get your access today and I'll see you next time.